Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you together today. We pray that you would calm our wandering hearts, Lord God, and our minds, Lord, as they seek to uh, leave this place and go to the concerns and cares of this life, Lord. Help us, Lord, uh, in your grace to focus upon you this morning. May your word uh, touch deep within our hearts, Lord God, and we pray that you would help me to preach your word today, Lord. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. morning. It's super good to see you all this morning. So the other night, the other night, this was obviously not the other night because it happened in the summertime, right? So a while ago, Terry and I were out at dinner. It was one of those beautiful California nights, right? Those summer nights when it's warm and there's a nice little breeze blowing through the trees and you just feel like perfectly comfortable. It's why one of the reasons we love the foothills, right? That just beautiful summer night. And we're out at a restaurant, and we're eating on the patio. There's a guitarist playing, like, cool songs from, like, 60s, 70s, you know? Like, we're just like, this is awesome, right? This is so much fun. And as we're enjoying conversation and listening to the music and, you know, building our relationship, um, I look over and see a family dining in the table next to us. Their faces aglow in the blue light from their cell phones, right? As each and every member of the table tapped away at something, 
right? None of them, we, we observed for a little while, you know, kind of taking little peeks. They weren't, they weren't looking, so. Um, they never looked up, right? They would eat. And then on their cell phone, and I must confess that during the reading of the gospel, my little, like, warning, my little light that says I have a message started beeping, and I almost picked up my own phone and checked it <laughs> as Anne was reading the gospel. So I, I'm not above this, okay? I'm not, I'm not speaking condemnation, but um, I was thinking about an opportunity lost, right? For my wife and I, it was an opportunity gained. We were able to spend that time together, but for them, they... How often do families get to go out together like that? You know, and, and they didn't get to engage with each other. I'm sure they had some great status updates during that time, or tweets, or whatever they were up to. Maybe some pictures of their food. <laughs> and who knows, maybe they were texting each other. I, I'm not sure. Um, but you know, there didn't seem to be the listening and relationship building that Normally, we associate with meals in our world. So it got me thinking about listening. And in our gospel passage from today, uh, it begins with a statement of location. Right? Our reading takes place, according to Matthew, six days after an earlier event at Caesarea Philippi. Matthew wants us to see a connection between that event, which is the testimony of Peter, where he proclaims that Jesus Christ is the Messiah the Son of the living God, and this event, which is about to unfold in our gospel passage. Why would these two events be tied together? Well, let's see. In our passage, Jesus takes the three disciples who were in his inner circle up the mountain with him, and suddenly everything changes for them. Peter, James, and John are able to see Jesus Christ in his glory. He is transfigured or changed right before their eyes. His face is like the sun, and his clothes are dazzling white. And with him are Moses and Elijah representing the law and the prophets. And then we hear a voice from heaven which says, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Then the disciples fall on the ground in fear, and just like that, it's all over. Everything is back to how it was. Moses and Elijah are gone. Jesus is no longer fluorescing. The Father is not speaking. Everything is back to normal. And Jesus tells them to get up, to not be afraid, which I'm sure they were, and to keep it quiet until he is raised from the dead. Now this has all got to be pretty overwhelming for those three disciples, don't you think? I mean, put yourself in their shoes, right? Suddenly Jesus is radioactive, the Father is speaking from heaven, and then you have Moses and Elijah there. I mean, can you imagine what it was like for them? And can you imagine what they looked like when they came down that mountain and saw the other disciples? I bet their eyes were like saucers, you know, and they were a little like ashen-faced and kind of... I couldn't say anything for a while because that was a pretty intense experience they just had with Jesus on that mountain. But lost in the shadow of this amazing event is the linked testimony of Peter and God the Father. Six days before we see 
Jesus transfigured in his glory. We hear Peter respond to the question of Jesus, who do you say that I am? By saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in the transfiguration, we see Jesus in his glory with the endorsement of Moses and Elijah and hear the father say, this is my son, the beloved with him. I am well pleased. Listen to him. These two testimonies and the way Matthew links them together show us how important it is for us to understand who Jesus Christ is. God the Father obviously cared very much that we knew that Jesus was his son, that he was loved by him, and that he was pleased with him. You see, people have all kinds of ideas about who Jesus is. Even in his own time, they thought that he was all kinds of things, right? Some said John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah. But he was none of them. He was the Messiah, the son of the living God. And as the Messiah, he was not only the one who would deliver them from bondage, as the promised Messiah would do, but he was God himself. Any other title would not stick to him. And importantly, the command of the Father is in light of this testimony about who he is, is to listen to him. Listen to what he is saying. Pay attention to Jesus. Now Peter had to piece together who Jesus was through his time with him. So when he does actually testify who Jesus Christ is, it's somewhat miraculous, right, for Peter to get it right. But for us, right, we have the advantage of inheriting the Bible, which tells us about Jesus, his ministry, his identity. And we're a part of a creedal church where we recite who Jesus Christ is every Sunday. Teaching about Jesus is in our liturgy. It's filled with it as well. The scriptures reveal to us who Jesus Christ is. Therefore, our challenge then is seeking out what the Bible says about Jesus, reading about him, and then choosing to believe what is disclosed to us there. Will we look at what the scriptures say? Will we listen to Jesus in the scriptures? And will we believe how he is revealed to us? The words of God the Father are as pertinent today as they were on that mountaintop. Listen to him. We have a tendency to not really listen to Jesus. And not really listen to anybody else either, right? If we're really honest about it. Right? We're not good listeners, are we? Right? And this thing has not helped our society in that way, the listening. Right? Oh, I'm going to listen to you while I'm driving my car down the free, freeway, Right? Is that good listening all the time? No. <laughs> Is it good for everyone around us when we're doing such things? No. Right? We're just not a society that's super good at listening. We like our information and little snippets and tidbits, and we don't really listen to the deeper emotions and the life behind those words. God has called us to listen to his son, and often we respond like that family who was out at dinner. We have an opportunity. We are across the table from Jesus. And we have the opportunity to listen to him. 
through the reading of his scriptures, through prayer, right? Because prayer takes us into the very throne room of God. We have the opportunity to listen to him. And yet we so seldom avail ourselves of this opportunity. Today, may we confess our wayward tendencies. May we repent of our lack of even interest in listening to our Savior. May we confess that to God. Because that is a sign of our brokenness, right? That we put ourselves above our Savior. May we lay down those things that distract us through God's grace. And may we listen to our Savior. Because the reality is, is that he died for the opportunity to speak to us. He died so that you and I might be in relationship with him, perfect relationship. That we might be forgiven of our tendency to not listen. May we receive his free gift of mercy and love. May we turn ourselves to him anew. And may we share that message of hope and salvation with a world which is desperately in need of him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who has stepped into this world to set us free. Thank you, Lord God, for sending your Son to us. Thank you for the gift that he has given us in his life. Help us, Lord God, to receive this gift joyfully. Lord, to confess and to know that we need it, Lord. We need your mercy, we need your grace, and we need your hope. Help us, Lord God, to be people who can listen, people who can hear you speaking to us and respond. Lord, help us to let go of the cares and concerns of this life and lay them at your feet so that we can concentrate upon you. Lord, help us this week to find time in which we can set it aside to spend with you. And we pray that as we do that, you would encounter us there. That there would be a great understanding of your love for us, Lord. Your hope. And that we would be renewed in our faith. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.